Church on this, the second Sunday of 2019. And uh, if one of your New Year's resolutions was to be in church every Sunday, uh, some of you are two for two now. That's awesome. And <laughs> stay after it. Uh, but uh, one, one Sunday at a time, one week at a time, one service at a time. And let me challenge you, if, uh, if, uh, if you're not in the habit of coming on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, boy, you ought to, you ought to, uh, uh, to make that resolution this year as well. Become more faithful. The Bible says, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. He didn't say, as I get closer, he said, you can kind of slack off and coast on into heaven. That's not what he said. He said, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so uh, thank you for being here this morning. Philippians chapter 4. Let's stand together, please. Philippians chapter number 4. One of the most familiar verses in all the Bible, and it is the verse from which we get our theme for 2019. And I want us all to read it together, just the one verse. Philippians chapter 4 and the very famous verse number 13. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 13. And let's all read it out loud together, shall we? Ready? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. One more time. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now, after having read that, I want you to listen as I read verse uh, 10. Paul said, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now with the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know, how, I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And let's pray together. Our Father, I pray that you'd help us in these next few moments as we preach on this theme, all things through Christ. What a tremendous thought. What a tremendous theme. And I pray that you'd help us this morning. I pray that you'd uh, help us to set aside everything that would be a, a distraction. I pray that everyone would be uh, tuned in, not just to uh, my voice, but more specifically the voice of thy spirit. Father, uh, it's, it's not about uh, this preacher, it's about the Word of God. And any time the Word of God is preached, we ought to give it the attention that it deserves. And I pray that you'd help us to set aside everything. Uh, may, uh, may there be no distractions. May we uh, remember to silence our cell phones, put them away, not have them as a distraction. Father, I pray that the children would behave themselves and that the teenagers would be uh, attentive and that uh, those of us who are adults, that we too uh, would be attentive to your Word. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Our theme, as I mentioned, and as you see from the banners and the uh, bulletin shells this morning, <clears throat> all things through Christ. All things through Christ. Not some things through Christ. Not just church through Christ. All things through Christ. And this morning I want to speak uh, uh, along those lines in the message. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse number 10, he said, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. In that verse, Jesus gives us a twofold reason for his coming to earth. He, Jesus, the baby in the manger that we celebrated a few weeks ago, was the God man and not just the good man. He wasn't just a prophet, <clears throat> he was God in the flesh. 
He wasn't just a philanthropist. He was the Son of God. He wasn't just the highest created being of God. No, no, that's cultish. Uh, any, anybody or any, any religion or any system of religion that tries to tell you that Jesus was merely the highest created form of uh, angel uh, that God made, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's heresy. Jesus was God in the flesh. God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. He came to the earth from heaven, and He came, first of all, uh, to give us everlasting life. He came to give us everlasting life. The most, Perhaps the most famous verse in all the Bible, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came to give us Everlasting life. The most important thing you can do on this day is to make sure that you have that everlasting life that Jesus talked about in John 3.16. Jesus came to save your soul and my soul from hell. But there is another reason that He came. There's another reason that He came. You understand, if the only reason <coughs> Jesus came was to save your soul from hell, well, it stands to reason then after you were saved, after you received Him and that's all settled, that He'd just take you on to heaven right then and there. But that's not what happens. That's not what happens. Jesus came to save our soul from hell, but He also came, He said in John chapter 10 and verse 10, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it, talking about this life, more abundantly. God wants you not only to have eternal life, everlasting life, <clears throat> God wants you to have what Jesus calls in John 10.10, abundant life. Abundant life. Not everyone who is saved is living the abundant life. Now, I hate to say that this morning. Would to God everybody who is saved was also living what Jesus calls in John 10.10, the abundant life. But unfortunately, that's not true. That's not true. The word abundant there means this. It means superior in quality. It means beyond measure. You know, sometimes you may hear someone say to someone else, why don't you get a life? <laughs> now, usually that's not meant as a compliment, okay? If someone says that to you, they're probably not trying to tell you to have a nice day there. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> now, God came, or Jesus came rather, the Son of God came to the earth so that we could have a life. Yes, a life after death, because the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. We have that appointment. We're either going to live eternally in heaven, or we're going to die eternally in a lake of fire, a place called hell. <coughs> but God wants us to have everlasting life, but He also wants us to have abundant life. Now, may I say this? In both cases, the choice for everlasting life and the choice for the abundant life, the choice is ours. The choice is ours. You see, God has done everything that He needs to do. He has done everything that He can do so that you could have everlasting life. He's done all the work. You see, you can't work your way to heaven because God's already done the work necessary for you to go to heaven. He's done it all. He came up with the plan of salvation, and then when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea 2,000 years ago, that plan was set into motion, and 33 years after Jesus was born in Bethlehem's manger, He went to a cross, He died on that cross, He suffered the agonies of hell, He suffered the agonies of our sin, He suffered the agonies of uh, the physical sufferings of Calvary, He did all of that, and then He died and was buried, and three days later, He came up out of the ground, He rose again from the dead to complete salvation's plan. God has already done everything, in order for you to go to heaven. All you need to do is receive it. 
As we talked about in Sunday school this morning, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Hey, if you want, if you want, you want life, partake of the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. It's not complicated. But either way, the choice is up to me. If I choose to receive Jesus as my Savior, I choose everlasting life. The Bible says, he that hath the Son hath life. It's really that simple. It's really that simple. He that hath the Son hath life. If you have Jesus, congratulations, you have everlasting life. It's as simple as that. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have everlasting life. And I invite you this morning to receive Jesus Christ as your own Savior so that you can have eternal life. But He's, he's the only way. But again, God will not force you to do that. It's your choice. Now, no Jesus, no life. The same message is also true for those of us who are saved. Jesus came to give you and me abundant life. We said a few moments ago, what is abundant life? It is life that is superior in quality. It is life that is above measure. It is life that is off the charts, if you will. Uh, he didn't say, I came to give you money more abundantly. That's not what Jesus said. By the way, that's not what the abundant life means. There are those who would teach a, uh, a, a health and wealth kind of gospel, and they'll try to tell you that if you, if you trust Christ as your Savior, uh, then uh, you're going to strike it rich, and you're never going to have another care, and you're never going to have another problem, you're never going to have a, another worry. That's not so. That's not true. That's not reality. That's not what abundant life there is referring to. Jesus did not say, I came to give you material goods more abundantly. He did not say, I came to give you money more abundantly. He did not say, I came to give you a comfortable life more abundantly. A lot of believers in, in Christ in 2019 have fallen under the misconception that our happiness is all, is all that matters in our life. But you understand something? God is more interested in our holiness than He is our happiness. God is more interested in our holiness than He is our happiness. And therein lies the secret to the abundant life. You see, we were made for His pleasure and not ours. And if you and I become as concerned about our holiness as God is, let me tell you something, our happiness will come as a byproduct of that. You see, God's concerned about us living a holy life, holy unto the Lord. He said, be ye holy because I'm holy. Who is He talking to there? His people. His people. If you're saved, guess what? You're one of His people. And God says, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you and I would become more concerned about our holiness as, as God is, our happiness would be a byproduct of that. It's called joy. That is the abundant life. Now, here's the problem. We cannot obtain either of these two lives, whether it be eternal life or the abundant life, on our own. You can't do it on your own. You see, now we just, we just said uh, and, and pointed out that the Bible says, He that hath the Son hath life. You cannot get to heaven apart from Jesus Christ. You cannot have everlasting life apart from Jesus Christ. As far as trying to uh, get the abundant life for myself, it is a hopeless effort for me to try to live the abundant Christian life in the power of my flesh. It's not possible. It's not possible. Now hang with me, we're going somewhere. I cannot be holy like God in my flesh. My flesh is corrupt. <laughs> my flesh is lazy. My flesh... <clears throat> How many of you found it hard to get out of bed this morning? I'll put both my hands up, okay? <laughs> 
What is it? <laughs> what is it about Sunday morning where it seems like it's especially hard to get out of bed? Especially if it's cold outside and you're, you're snug as a bug in a rug underneath those covers, <clears throat> and you know that there is a cold world out there waiting for you when you when your feet hit the floor, and you're thinking, I don't want to get up. And uh, <clears throat> reminds me of that story. You've heard me tell it before, but laugh anyway, okay? And uh, uh, <clears throat> man said to his wife on a Sunday morning, he said, I don't want to go to church today. She said, Honey, you have to go to church today. He said, But I don't want to go to church today. It's cold outside. It's Michigan in January and it's cold outside. I don't want to go to church. And she said, honey, you got to go to church today. He said, but the people down there, they don't like me. They don't speak to me very much. She says, honey, you got to go. He said, I don't want to go to church. He said, you have to. You're the pastor. <laughs> but, you know, but you know, there's something on the inside of us that doesn't want to do what we ought to do. We, nobody wants to do right all the time. Because you have a flesh that you deal with, just like I do. That, that, that carnal nature, that sin nature that we were born with. And, and like Paul, uh, the things that I don't want to do are the things that I do. You say, oh, really? The Apostle Paul said that, Romans chapter 7. He said, the things that I would, I do not. <laughs> and the things that I know I'm not supposed to do, the things, those are things that I find myself doing. He said, I find there's a struggle that goes on in my life day in and day out. The things I know I should do are the things my flesh doesn't want to do. He said, look, I struggle. That was the Apostle Paul. Arguably the greatest Christian who ever lived. But wait a minute. We find the answer to the abundant life in the Word of God. In John chapter 15 and verse number 5, Jesus was giving his dissertation about him being the, the vine. And he was talking about bearing fruit. He said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, he said, you'll, you'll bear fruit. And then he said, you'll bear more fruit. And then he said, you'll bear fruit that remains. And throughout that dissertation in verse number 5, he comes and he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Notice what he said. For without me, ye can do nothing. Without me, ye can do nothing. Now, he said that in the context of bearing fruit. And we understand that. You're not going to bear fruit as a child of God if you don't abide in Christ. But then he broadens it by saying, without me, ye can do nothing. Zip. Zilch. Zero. Nada. <laughs> nothing. You can do nothing. Now, let me take you back to our original text this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 13, we read it just a few moments ago. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. All right? Well, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And then Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, in, in Philippians 4, 13, he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now, he wasn't being arrogant. He wasn't being uh, haughty. He wasn't being high-minded. He wasn't being uh, 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 boastful at all. He said, my confidence is not in me. My confidence is in Christ. My confidence is not in my ability. My confidence is, is in the omnipotent God of heaven. My confidence is not in my knowledge. My confidence is in the omniscient God who knows everything. My confidence is not in man's wisdom, worldly wisdom, my education. By the way, Paul was a very well-educated man. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. That's how he referred to himself. 
He was trained at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the, one of the, 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 uh, uh, the, the, the brightest and sharpest and most learned men of Israel as far as religion was concerned. But he said, my confidence is not in who I am. My confidence is in who Jesus is. And I say this morning, the gist of the message is this. I can do all things through Christ. If 2019 is going to be a good year for you, why don't you just determine right here and right now, it's going to be all things through Christ. Not some things through Christ. Not a few things through Christ. Not just church stuff through Christ. No, I'm talking about the job that you work and your family and your relationships and your finances and everything that you have and everything that you are and everything uh, that, that makes up your life. Why don't we determine at the onset of 2019, it's going to be all things through Christ. All things through Christ. What a great thought. Not all things through me, not all things through my strength, my intellect, my power, my wisdom, my opinion, my agenda, my interests. One of our biggest problems is a one-letter word. I. All of us have I problems. Not that I. Or that I. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. All of us have I problems. We get in the way. Uh, uh, look, through me, I'm a flop. Through Christ, I can. If it's up to me, well, I'm in trouble. If it's up to him, he's never lost. He's never lost. Consider a few things this morning as we talk about this matter of all things through Christ. First of all this, through Christ, I can do what I ought to do. Through Christ, first of all, I can do what I ought to do. God would never expect us to do that which we are not able to do. God's a very fair God. God is just, the Bible says. God is right. And God will never ask you to do that which you're not able, you're not capable of doing. If God guides, He provides. Where God leads, He feeds. God equips those to do that which He asks us to do. And I'm simply saying, as a Christian, my flesh may not want to, but through Christ, I can choose to do what I ought to do. Hey, I can choose to be faithful in 2019. I can be faithful. I can. You know why? Because I'm supposed to be faithful. And God will never ask me to do something that I'm not capable of doing. <clears throat> hey, I can, I, I can be faithful to my spouse in 2019. Hey, I can, I, I can, I can try to be faithful, uh, to, uh, uh to bringing up uh, our children and nurture and admonition of the Lord. Why? Because that's what God wants me to do. I can be faithful to reading the, the Word of God this year. Why? Because it's what God wants me to do. Hey, if I ought to do it, by the grace of God, I can do it through Christ. Through Christ. Hey, I can choose to love the unlovable in 2019. I can. You know why? Because God wants me to love everybody. You know, there's some people that are easy to love, and then, well, there's other people. <laughs> there are folks, <clears throat> loving them comes easy. And uh, all of us here probably, you think you have the testimony of, to know me is to love me. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, some of us are delusional as well, but that's okay. But not everyone is very lovable. But God did not say only love those who, do, who, in your opinion, deserve love. God says, I'm supposed to love, I'm supposed to love my enemies. Ooh, that's a tough one. God said, I'm supposed to love those who, who don't care much about me or don't care at all about me. He said, love them. He said, preacher, how can I do that? Through Christ. Now let me, let me help you some. You can't do that through you. You can't love your enemies through you. You can love them through Christ, though. 
hey, I can choose to forgive. Why should, preacher, give me one good reason why I ought to, I ought to forgive somebody who did me wrong. Try this one on precise. Jesus said to. Jesus said to. I don't think I can do that. You're right, you can't in your flesh. <laughs> but you can through Christ. All things through Christ. Hey, I can choose to be faithful through Christ. I can choose to forgive through Christ. I can choose to love the unlovable through Christ. I can choose to be a good spouse through Christ. I can choose to do all the things I know I ought to do, but not through my strength. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Why don't we learn a very simple truth this morning? Paul was not being boastful, braggadocious, or, or, or cocky, or arrogant. He was saying, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I can do what I ought to do. He's the one who gives me the grace to do it. All it takes is, is for me to do that, to take that first step. If you, if you live a life of misery as a child of God, hey, may I help you with something? It's not God's fault. Talk about the abundant life. Talk about joy. Hey, if you live a life of misery as a child of God, then it is not God's fault. We like to blame God for a lot of stuff that's not His fault. I think I quoted Abraham Lincoln in Sunday school this morning. He said, I believe it was Abraham Lincoln who gets credit for the statement anyway. I wasn't there to hear him, contrary to what some of you young people think. <clears throat> he said, most people are about as happy as they choose to be. I found that there's a lot of truth in that. Most people are about as happy as they choose to be. Hey, if I ought to do something, then God has given me the grace to do it, and I can do it, but not in my own strength, through His strength. All things through Christ. Number two, I want you to see this. Through Christ, I can face what I must face. Not only through Christ I can do what I ought to do, but through Christ I can face what I must face. I have no idea what we will face in 2019 whether it be collectively as a church family or us as individuals. I have no idea. I have no idea what trial lies on the horizon. I have no idea what challenge lies in the future. But can I tell you something? Uh, we can face it through Jesus. We can face it through Jesus. Paul was writing this letter from prison, by the way. When Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, he was in chains. Keep that in mind. When Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, hey, he wasn't, <clears throat> he wasn't at a party. He wasn't at some big feast somewhere. He wasn't on the mountaintop at, at some, uh, at some wonderful place in his life. He was in prison when he said, I can do all things through Christ. Not a choice he would make for himself, but he did it through Christ. If you could interview the Apostle Paul in heaven this morning and ask, the, and ask the question, Paul, how did you make it through the tough times of life? If we could somehow have access to Paul there on the streets of gold this morning and somehow put a microphone in front of his face and, uh, and live stream it down here to earth uh, in the service, and we could ask Paul, say, hey, Paul, how did you make it through the shipwrecks? Hey, Paul, how did you make it through the beatings? How did you make it through the Philippian jail? How did you make it through all of the testings and the trials? How did you make it through the hardships? How did you make it through the stonings? How did you make it through the imprisonments of being the Apostle Paul? I think he would quote, you know what? I told you. I told you. It's in the Bible. The Holy Spirit inspired me to put it in there. I can do all things through Christ. I can face it through Christ. When the trials come, how do I face it? Through Christ. Through Christ. Say, preacher, I don't know if I can handle it or not. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> but not in your own strength. Now, let me just qualify that. 
<clears throat> this is not some kind of power positive thinking kind of uh, uh, dissertation this morning. Preacher, I don't think I can make it. Oh, yes, you can. You can make it, but it's not through you. It's through Him. Not through your strength, through His strength. Not through your power, His power. Number three, through Christ, not only can I do what I ought to do, and through Christ, not only can I face what I must face, but number three, through Christ, I can see what I ought to see. I can see what I ought to see. Philippians chapter 4, if you're still, if you still have your Bible open to that passage, look at verse number 18. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 18. Paul's writing, inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course, he said, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now, you say, preacher, didn't you just say that Paul was in prison? Yep, sure was. He sure was. Well, wait a minute. He said, I have all and abound. It's right there, verse 18. But I have all. He says, I have everything I need. And beyond that, he said, I abound. He said, I am full, having received of Epaphroditus. Now, was Paul talking about his, his physical well-being? Now, the church at Philippi had sent some things by this man named Epaphroditus, as mentioned in verse 18. They'd sent some things to Paul, a care package, if you will, some things to help him, some things to, to be a, a blessing to him physically, to care for his physical needs. And Paul was thanking them uh, for, for, for taking care of him like that. But that's not, I, I don't believe that's what he's talking about. Paul said, look, I'm a happy guy. He said, I have all and abound. You say, preacher, how's that possible? I'll tell you how. Because through Christ, I can see what I ought to see. Paul had a different perspective. He had a different viewpoint about his life. To us, looking on from the outside, looking in at where Paul is at, we'd say, poor old brother Paul. Oh, brother Paul, we're so sorry, brother Paul, you're there in prison. Paul said, hey, I'm a happy guy. <laughs> Man, it's a wonderful life. I'm not talking about the movie now that you saw last month, <clears throat> but uh, that you see every Christmas in some cases. <laughs> he said, he said, it's a wonderful life. I'm a happy man. I'm a fulfilled guy. Hey, I have all. I abound. I'm full. You know, Paul had a different perspective than a lot of Christians today have. He saw things a little differently than sometimes you and I see them. Even though he was in prison, he had the right perspective of what was going on. Hey, Paul saw the goodness of God even in his circumstances. Paul saw the goodness of God even in a jail cell. He saw the goodness of God because it is what he was looking for. May I say this this morning, whatever it is that you're looking for in 2019, you'll find it. Hey, if you're looking for an excuse to gripe, you'll find it. Hey, if you're looking for a reason to complain, you'll find it. If you're looking for a reason to blame God or to get bitter, if you're looking for a reason to do anything that your flesh is, is, is wont to do, hey, God, uh, Satan rather, will make sure that you have all the excuses you need. Your circumstances will provide all the, circ all, all the excuses you need to, 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 to complain or to gripe or to get bitter or to get angry. Hey, I'm simply saying Paul had a different perspective through Christ. He didn't see things as a lot of us would have seen them in his circumstances. This year, we need that kind of biblical perspective or that kind of perspective. You can look at your glass as being half empty or you can look at it as being half full. Hey, I got one better than that. 
You can look at your lot in life and you can see your glass as the psalmist did in Psalm 23 when he said, my cup runneth over. Half empty nothing, half full nothing. Hey, my cup's running over. God's been good to me and God's been good to you too. Let me ask you a question. Do you see it this morning? Do you see it? You can through Christ. Through Christ. You can through, the, through the, the glasses of the Word of God. I'm simply saying, <clears throat> why don't we get the right perspective in the new year? The right perspective. Through Christ, I can see what I ought to see. Not only that, I see this. Through Christ, I can become more like Christ. Through Christ, I can become more like Christ. You'll not live the abundant life on your own. You won't do it. Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, think about this. Jesus said he came that we might have the abundant life. Do you think that the Apostle Paul exemplified the abundant life? Think about that. Well, let's see. Shipwrecked, beaten with rods, stoned, left for dead. He went through some tough things. So if you add all of that up and think about it, the abundant life has nothing to do with your circumstances. Are you with me? The abundant life has nothing to do with the outside circumstances of life that happen to you. The abundant life is about what God does on the inside. What you allow Him to do on the inside. Paul said, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Hey, you'll not live a holy life unto the Lord in your own flesh. But you can through Christ. You can through Christ. Very simple message this morning. Through Christ, I can. Through Christ, I can. Through Christ, I can have eternal life. Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life. Two kinds of life. Everlasting life and abundant life. I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Hey, through Christ, I can do what I ought to do. Through Christ, I can see what I ought to see. Through Christ, I can face what I'm going to face. I don't know what you're going to face in 2019. I have no idea. I don't know what phone call is going to shake us to our foundation this year. I don't know. I have no idea. The preacher, I don't know that I can face it. Some of you look back at 2018 and the trials that, that you've come to, to this point. And, and I talked to someone just the other day. And, and this person said to me, and, and this is not a direct quote, but it's pretty close. They said, I don't think I can take much more. I don't think I can take much more. And my response was simply this. God promised to be faithful. And if it happens, then you can. If it happens, you can. Because that book right there tells me that God will not put more on me than I'm able to shoulder. Now, you can't face it in your own. You can't face it in the power of your flesh. 
You can't face it in your own, in your own, uh, uh, your own means, your own wherewithal, but hey, through Christ you can. I'm simply saying, why in the world do we put God in the corner and take Him out on Sunday only, and Monday through Saturday we live like the devil himself and, and, and try to do everything without Him, everything on our own, and wonder why things don't work out so well? I'll tell you why things don't work out so well. Because what you do, that you ought to do, what you face, that you must face, what you, uh, if you're going to see life from the perspective that God wants you to see it, if you're going to live the abundant life, if you're going to live that life that's holy as unto the Lord, hey, it won't be done in your own flesh. It won't be done because of who you are. It'll be done because you submit yourself to who He is. Why don't we join the Apostle Paul this morning and say, hey, all things through Christ. All things through Christ. If you're here this morning and you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, May I say, you'll not get to heaven through church, but you will through Christ. Hey, you'll not get to heaven through good works, but you'll get to heaven through Christ. You'll not get to heaven through that baptismal pool or any other baptismal pool for that matter, but you'll get to heaven through Jesus Christ and Him alone. Through Him alone. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Very simple, straightforward message this morning.